You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast. GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletic Show. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to a possibly incoherent edition of the PowerCat Questions podcast. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, and Ryan Gills Gilbert right there in the corner where he belongs here in the Cats and Dogs studio. Uh, we're sponsored by the fridge. Um, I miss the fridge. I, when, every time I leave town, I like I cry like once a night. I miss the fridge. Get into the fridge wholesale liquor. Um, the prices, the service, the selection—it's so good, you'll get emotional. I don't. I, I don't. I've never really been emotional over alcohol. Really? Although See, I, remember, I don't drink alcohol, so I wouldn't. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. I remember one time getting when I was in a college age, getting sold a drink in a bar at near closing time, and they literally said it in front of me after I paid. They said it's closing time, last call. Picked it up and threw it out. I was. <laughs> that's a good idea. I'm gonna that try like, that. That's, that that's a real like... good way to get customer loyalty, right there. <laughs> that sounds like that's straight out of a cartoon. Oh my god, it was awesome. Sounds Looney Tunes. They don't do that at the fridge because they don't make the drinks. They just give you the tools to make the drinks outstanding. It's at the corner of Claflin and Westport. Correct. God, I always want to say West Loop. I think it's so weird as Westport. I just think that's weird that that road is Westport. Well, there's already a West Loop, so. Well, Okay. That's a valid point. Uh, I'm off of three hours of sleep and a brief nap. Well, three not, hours. I would not, take that. Yeah. And Ryan Gilbert, uh, who is much younger and uh, more. Uh, I I don't mean to make you uncomfortable with this information. I saw him without a shirt this weekend when we were sharing a condo in Vegas. And I'm telling you, ladies. Yeah, it's like a 12-year-old boy. But um, <laughs> he, he's probably much more spry than I am. You're probably on two hours of sleep, aren't you? About? Yeah. Did you sleep on the plane at all? Barely. Yeah, I, I can never do that. It's, it's not comfortable. Man. No, no. How? Well, so mostly laying down with blanket. So yeah, m- mostly the problem with sleeping on an airplane is people walking up the aisle step on you because you're in the you're sleeping why on the floor. Why are you on the aisle? You sleep on the floor with the blankie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, saw some good friends in Austin. Austin. Oh, you did? You did? Jesus. In Las Vegas. Uh, had a good time, except for the basketball game sucked. <clears throat> we didn't do. Gills did his stuff. 
He went out and adventured around the world and lost did, a lot of money. Did Gilbert stuff. I uh, I basically wrestled internet all weekend and didn't do much at all. Didn't didn't go out at all. Well, we went to a casino bar one night for about what ninety minute skills. Met the yeah. love of your life. You, you met know. the love of your life, Fitz. I did. Who's oh the masseuse. oh <laughs> I had a first time experience uh, in my life. It was an odd experience. Uh, walking around Planet Hollywood, our employees and I was very specific in asking her, "You do work here, right?" Who give out chair massages while you sit at a bar drinking. She worked on my back for ten minutes. Was amazing. It was it was how much did that cost you? Uh, Two dollars a minute. If it had been sex, I'd owe her a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, we got some great questions from Wabash Station. Well, I think they're great. I have no idea what it's all about. And uh, I'm informed that the first half will be about football. And then we'll have this kind of... Uh, gateway question at the end of the first half to lead us into the second half. It's kind of a football-basketball hybrid um, foot basket. And then uh, the second half is about the basketball game. And um, I, 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 we're going to shoot better than 31% in the second half of this podcast. Think? Think we'll be Bar set pretty low. I know. It was painful. That's That'll be Wednesday's daily delivery. Let's get going with your questions from Wabash Station. That's how it works. We sit here and answer the questions, but you've got to be a subscriber at GoPowerCat to ask the questions. And, of course, it's damn podcast. Everyone can hear it. Here's Ryan Gilbert to mumble through on two hours of sleep some questions from Wabash. From 3G Wildcat, why does this team start so differently on the road? I have no idea because this team was good on the road last year. This completely flipped. If this doesn't emphasize how every team is unique, like they bring on their own personalities. There might have been one guy, maybe it was Deuce Vaughn or Felix that had this, let's go to war, let's go take care of business on the road. And this team is like, oh, no, it's the road. I don't know why they sound like Mr. Bill. Do you know who Mr. Bill is? Nope, I don't think so. Oh, no. We're too young. Yes, you are. I'm too old. But, yeah, this team does not play well. Uh, I, 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 I wish I'd been there to under, better understand it. And Zach was there. Zach and Cole were in Austin, uh, not just for the delicious barbecue. Eh, that's probably the only reason they went. Yeah, I have been. I know. Um, but it was weird. It was weird. They looked comatose to start that game. Yeah. I mean, the full, essentially the whole first half, just it never felt like KC could get it going. They kept trying to run the ball when it wasn't working. It was just again and again and again, they were doing things that just, they tried it before. It didn't work. Then they get the block punt. They were able to, I mean, that's really what sparked the game. That block punt changed the game, allowed them to score, get some points. I don't know what they were doing at the end of the first half, not trying to kick a field goal. I get that the wind was... You know, blow in the opposite direction, but it just it seemed like they were close enough to at least Give try something. Give it a swing. I mean, oh. you know, and Kleiman mentioned today, you know, between picking the, you know, 
taking the ball first, deferring to the second half. He said it's all based on wind, which makes sense. And the wind was blowing heavily that day. They take, they defer to the second half. You know, maybe they should have, you know, taken the ball. That way they get to pick the prop. You know, they would have gone the other way in the second half probably, but not that it really mattered by the end. But, you know, it was interesting him saying that. But, yeah, they were just extremely slow to get out of the gate. And I don't really know it know what what the explanation is the game plan got changed throughout the game obviously Fitz you've outlined that mm-hmm. haven't you yeah so that's per, that's got to be something to do with it yeah I I just felt like uh, again I just felt like the coordinators took a bad path in the first half and eventually got it corrected and started throwing the ball started it defensively attacking the line of scrimmage and it really turned out to be a better plan but they lost, so uh, 33-30 in overtime, and you, you just you got to pick up and go on. They have now lost to three highly ranked teams on the road and very close games. I mean, you lose on a long field goal, you lose in overtime. Oklahoma State was still a one-score game. You know, it was less competitive for K-State, but they still were in it late, late in the game. So, um, you know, Close doesn't work if, unless you're throwing horseshoes or hand grenades. And this team has, you know, been really close to being a great team. But again, as we just outlined with their road issues, there's just something not quite right in the recipe this year. I don't know and, if we need to overcomplicate this, though. The the road games, like you said, Fitz, Oklahoma State, Texas, and Missouri, those are all really respectable programs. You look at UCF and Houston and TCU – that's the bottom of the barrel in the Big 12. And so, right. sure, something's going on here. But at the same time, K-State's played the, the tougher teams away from home. And the games inside of Bill Snyder Family Stadium have been the, the cupcakes. Yeah, yep. I mean, K-State's essentially what? The same record they were last year? Were they 6-3 and three at this point? Honestly, I can't remember. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, yeah. I think the Texas game, that loss, I think, came in the same week. So you have a really similar schedule ahead as last year. I think... What's going to be disappointing to K-State fans is there's a real possibility of going 9-3, and three, which is the same record you had last year, and you might be in the Pop-Tarts Bowl. You're not going to be playing for the Big 12 championship. Are you saying Pop-Tarts are not equal to championships? Is that your stand you're taking on this podcast, that Pop-Tarts aren't a form of a championship? I'm telling you what. Of all of the bowl games that I would want to go to that are not mm-hmm. the Big Twelve or excuse me the New Year's Six, yeah, uh, K State's never been to the Pop Tarts Bowl or the bowl the bowl that's lineage can be traced back to the Tangerine Bowl. Why isn't it the Tangerine Bowl? It should be the Tangerine Bowl. Man, Tangerines are delicious. Or the Blockbuster Bowl. God, no, that's a, that would be funny to bring it back. Yeah, throwback game. Why not? <laughs> Uh, let's look at these standings as you know, you just mentioned who they've played at home and on the road. The big 12 standings are fascinating as you look at them, because literally the conference right now is divided upper and lower seven and seven. You've got two teams at five and one, which are on course to be the big 12 title game, Texas and Oklahoma state, Kansas, Oklahoma, Kansas state, West Virginia, and Iowa state are all four and two. Now that that's not going to hold up. I think West Virginia and Iowa state will shake out. I'm not, I think West Virginia's actually got a really manageable schedule. 
um, which might mean they go to the Pop-Tarts Bowl, which would suck for K-State. But they've been before. Uh, no, because yeah. they're in the neighborhood, sort of. Uh, Texas Tech then at 3-3 three and three is kind of caught in between. But TCU, Houston, BYU, Baylor, 2-4. and four, UCF beat Cincinnati this weekend. So they're 1-5, and five, and Cincinnati's 0-6. But you're right. I mean... They have now won at home against TCU, Houston, and UCF, and they got Baylor coming in. So the home schedule has been very friendly. Well, and then KU on the road, right? The, the trend continues. Yeah, and <laughs> KU on their own. And yeah. then and I, I, it's entirely possible. Uh, Iowa State goes to BYU this weekend. It feels like a game BYU is going to win. I don't know why. Um, and if that happens, Iowa State could finish with three losses because then the Texas goes into Ames. If you want hope for an upset, at least one upset of Texas, Iowa State at night might be it because that game was picked for that was the only game picked for next that following week on everything else is in the six day window. Texas is going to Ames, Iowa at night in November. It could be interesting. Um, I don't think they have the horses to handle that, though. I, I don't think it matters. It could be in the freezer, and Texas would win that game. You know, Texas plays 20 minutes a game, so yeah. I play about 20 minutes out of a – that's crazy. Oh, unfocused that team is. Maybe 25. Maybe I was too harsh. Dude, are you staring at Ryan? Because he's doing a bad job. Read another question. Show a dude that you can read. <laughs> <laughs> from Domer Cat, what is missing from this football team that has kept it from being undefeated this year? What addition or subtraction would have made the difference in the in the three close losses? What does K State need to do to fix that for for upcoming seasons? Yeah, you know, you like I, that dude? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't care. He doesn't understand a word you're saying. He's just judgmental. He's hey, currently doing something that we're not going to share. Okay, um, he. Look, I've been the champion of you can replace Deuce Vaughn with multiple players, right? And when they have, statistically they have. But maybe we're learning that what Deuce Vaughn brought to the team wasn't just the stats and the big plays, that there was kind of a, we got Deuce. You know, that that knowledge that you had a guy on your team that could equalize everything with a big play, that kind of comfort in the back of your mind, Deuce will get us out of this. Maybe you never vocalized or even knew you were thinking it, but it was like a comfort that you had him. Mm -hmm. And they don't have that now. You think about the athletes they put on the field um, at Texas, not many of the guys playing for K-State would play for Texas. Many at all. And yet... As a team, they still competed, and, and that's a testament to the players and the coaches. So, yeah, I think they're just missing that that underlying confidence that they'll get out of these situations that they had last year because they had some guys that you know were really high-profile stars on offense and defense. Yeah, I don't think it's as simple as saying that if this team had Deuce Vaughn, they would have won those three games. But, you know, when you think back, maybe – that is true. You know, so often in football, one play kind of decides the game. Yeah. It, in Austin on Saturday, there's about three or four plays. You make an extra point. You go right instead of left. I mean, you hold on to an interception. The fumble's not over. The fumble recovery isn't overruled. There were so many plays that could have swung in K-State's favor and they yeah. won the game. Yeah, I think Saturday was a game of plays that just didn't go K-State's way. 
Um, I think we go back to the last question. We talked about strength of schedule, having to play all these teams on the road. I think that you play these those three games at home. I do think that the results are different. I think if and and that's not to say you know that you reverse the home fixtures they to the road that you know K State loses those games. You know, there's a chance they do that too. So you know, it's not simple like that. But um, you know, I think that not having that superstar that X factor, that cohesive glue guy that everybody could look at and say, we can rely on him. You know, there's just been a lot of question marks. Um, the rotating of the running backs, Ward and Giddens, you know, there hasn't really been game after game, a guy that you point to and say, he's our guy, you know, that they, they kind of trade off. It's kind of like what we saw with Will and Avery for a couple weeks, you know, between tech and TCU, you know, trading off, you know, figuring out what was going to win K-State the game. So, um, you know, I think it's just they've got to find that star, maybe not necessarily star, but a guy in the backfield, I think, that they can rely on. I think right now when you look at the K-State offense, yeah, the wide receivers have had question marks, but now that Jace Brown's playing well, Keegan Johnson's playing well, Phillip Brooks is still playing well, you know, I think the wide receivers have finally come into – their own a little bit and now the running backs are kind of you look at that position and say it's your time to step up i'll probably i'll disagree with i don't think the the running backs if you want them to hit the home runs like deuce vaughn did then yes they have underperformed but by and large i think they've done their job uh, yeah they've done what's asked what's asked of them <laughs> <laughs> but i i think the wideouts really this is you look at this this staff's uh lacking ability of developing wide receivers right they're they're relying so much on the portal and fits you mentioned Sorry. those four or five plays you're good man it's all it's all good i did i you just, just keep brushed up against the mic i'm not a professional i'm on a coma go ahead but one of those plays was keegan johnson right that was a long completion that yep. howard threw a dime and you know that was one of those plays that i'm not you know blaming the loss on keegan johnson but that's oh. kind of a microcosm of the season as a whole from that wide receiver position group, just plays like that, you know, being on this different page as the quarterback and talent, certainly not where it needs to be. And so this staff's been so reliant on getting guys from the portal like Johnson. And, you know, you can have some guys to plug in like Cade Warner from last year, for example, but overall, that's just not a winning formula. And so, you know, there's definitely promising things from Jace Brown. I, I think, although RJ Garcia has had a underwhelming, season i think the future is still bright for him there's a chance for them to develop some of these guys but right now you look at the last two three four years they haven't developed wideouts no no it's been a real problem with the team and they're on a different coach yet again i think they got the right coach now um and you can see he's developing the young guys so they're going to make some progress i think the recruiting is going to uh tick up and yeah i mean if you're a receiver you probably want to come to Kansas State, honestly. I mean, Will Howard is two passes away, touchdown passes away from tying Josh Freeman for the all-time record at K-State, career hmm. touchdown passes. Um, and Avery Johnson is, let's be honest, he's going to be fun to play with in the future. So there's this is a good program to come for a uh, receiver because there's minutes to be had. You can come in and compete right away. From Oiler Cat 2, how do you think reps will be shared with Will Howard and Avery Johnson? More like Houston or TCU. I think, uh, I think it's Will's team right now. Um, 
Whether just ask Ben Sinnott. Whether you agree <laughs> with that or not, I, folks, Will Howard started slowly on Saturday. I don't necessarily blame him. I think they just put the quarterback in a position to fail. And yet he didn't really fail. It just the offense wasn't going anywhere until they let him do what Will Howard does. This kid's pretty damn good, and I don't think we fully appreciate it. Is he a top five all-time quarterback at K-State? No, and maybe not even top five since Bill Snyder arrived and you eliminate, you know, Dickey and Grogan. But he could end up there, and if he'd won Saturday, maybe we would be talking about that, but that also doesn't mean the loss lays on him. It's, there's no blame for the quarterback. I thought Will was great. I think he'll start. I think Baylor stinks. If K-State comes out and clicks and plays well, uh, he'll get those first possession of the second half or you know maybe some of the second half in that third quarter, and then Avery will take over. I just think that's the way it's going to play out Saturday. Baylor's just collapsing. They might have a coaching change, which is shocking considering – they won the Big 12 title two years ago, and now they're absolute trash. Could you imagine if K-State played poorly the rest of the year and then next year firing Chris Kleiman? Incredible. I, I want people to understand what like, he's saying here, though. Two years ago, the, the championship game was Oklahoma State and Baylor, and both of those teams fell off the edge of the table last season and weren't very good. K-State has not done that. They've been in the mix now. Credit Mike Gundy. He's got his program back up and running. I don't know how he did it. It was sorcery. It was he's a he's a witch, um, and uh, or the mullet has a lot of power. He's a wizard. I think. No, you can be a, a male witch. You can be you a can. male witch. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I don't. What do I, I don't know. know? And uh, you know, Baylor's just in the tank now. TCU's not good. It's hard to sustain success in this conference because it's so competitive, and K State fans have got to keep that in mind. K-State has been – K-State could win 10 games two years in a row, and some of you will act like Chris Kleiman's a failure and the coaches need to be fired. And you got to – come on, people. It's, it just doesn't make sense. There's one winner and one loser in every game. Right. Right. As I always remind people, no matter how many games within a conference you play, if you're playing conference games, you're going to end up with as many wins as losses – Across the conference. And so they got to be shared somehow. And K-State keeps getting more wins than losses. I just think it's completely wild that Baylor would consider firing their coach two years later. And I get maybe he's just not a good fit for Baylor. You look at him and you say, maybe not. But he's a good coach. He had a great season just two years ago. Won the Big 12 title. And Baylor fans are ready to be done with him. Crazy. He, Baylor fans he can quote, want to be done with him. He can quote literature, though. And as Ron Prince told us, that's an important part of coaching. But just put, <laughs> put Chris Kleiman in the same shoes. Could you imagine next year, this time next year, if K-State's, I don't want to say three and five, but, you know, oh, around 500, 500. What? Why are you bringing the bad mojo in here? We got a wizard in the conference and you're bringing this up. <laughs> I can't imagine it though. Uh, but like state fans are not like that. No, but like that's exactly what the scenario is essentially. I get that Baylor's worse than that right now. Yeah. And they've had much worse, you know, that last season they were much worse than what KC is this season. But I'm just putting this in pers into perspective. You win a Big 12 championship and 2 years later you're out. I just 
doesn't make any sense to me. Um, you know, I think that says a lot about college football as a whole. There's an impatience and, you know, there's no chance to sustain or even rebuild after you fall off a little bit. But, you know, that, I guess that's, that is what it is right now. But I think that when you compare it to K-State, if Chris Kleiman and K-State fell off a little bit, I don't think you'd have nearly this outrage, I guess, or at least expectation of a coach being fired like they are at Baylor right now. Look, Baylor stinks. I mean, they're, they're two conference wins. They are two and four, but their conference wins are UCF and Cincinnati, the two worst teams. And By where would they be? <clears throat> with, where Not would, a lot of points. Yeah. Where would they be if those schools hadn't been, at, been added? Yeah. They did kick the living crap well, 30-7, to seven, over Long Island. Which, honestly, I didn't know had a football program, and I'm still, honestly, excuse my language, pissed off. They're not the iced teas. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you have that marketing right in front of you and you miss it. To answer Euler Cat's question, or oh, to get back whatever. to it, about Will Howard or Avery Johnson, I agree with you, Fitz. Oh, Will Howard is the quarterback for the, for the foreseeable future this season. He is going to break Josh Freeman's record, perhaps on Saturday. He'll probably tie it. I think he at least ties it on Saturday. Folks, he had four touchdown passes at Texas. Mm -hmm. At Texas. He is three touchdowns away from being the leader in touchdown passes in the history of the program at Kansas State University. I'm so bought in at this moment, I've renamed my dogs Wilma and Howard. (laughs) Could have named her Will. I know. I could have, but I'd like Wilma. Williana. (laughs) <laughs> Williana, I like it. So I don't want to be, you know, taking a jab at the coaching staff or anything, but you look at how bad Baylor is and a Big 12 title is pretty much out of the picture now or even getting to Arlington, right? That's pretty much done. So what what value is there playing Howard? I don't get it. I The best bowl game possible. Yeah, momentum I mean, going forward. But, I yeah. mean, Avery Johnson's. Ten this wins a, in a season yeah. is a rare thing. Ask yeah, Matt Campbell. Is, yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> no, I get, I get that. The season's not done. Technically, the Big Twelve Championship isn't no, even it's, done. It, I, I mean, you need a lot of help, more than you needed last year. Oh, it, but you—that's not the first time he's heard that line. But there's still a chance you don't give up. You're fighting for a, a good bowl game. You know, and you're going to be playing a good team in that bowl game too, whether it's sure. from the ACC or the SEC. There's no reason to, you know, pull the plug right now. To be a contrarian, then why play Avery Johnson at all? If Will Howard is well, so now, good, well, and he gives you the best chance to. I mean, that doesn't change at all. If if you're winning the game big, you put in the backup quarterback. I think, yeah. Now yeah, you're, well, us- for, you're using quarter. You're using Avery now as a traditional backup quarterback. You know, a guy that's going to get some cleanup reps, some mop-up reps. I don't think that, you know, even if Will Howard struggles and the offense struggles for a quarter or two on Saturday, I still don't think you you pull him out and see what Avery can do. Yeah, you know, I just good. I don't think that I don't think it's necessarily going to be be the mantra there. So this gets so complicated for K State. You basically you need. Oklahoma to lose a game, and they're not going to lose a game. West Virginia at BYU, TCU. You need Texas to lose two games at TCU, at Iowa State, which I mentioned might be a challenge at night, and then Texas Tech in Austin. And you need to win out. 
I mean, that's basically the formula that could get you there, but I still don't know what the tiebreakers with West Virginia would be. Well, they got at Oklahoma, Cincinnati at Baylor. I mean, that's that's an interesting lineup there. I mean, maybe West Virginia is the school to beat Oklahoma, but then you got problems with tiebreakers with West Virginia mm-hmm. at that point. It, it's a mess, but you know what you need to do? Not worry about any of that and go out and play the football games and win them. And that's all you can do. And I was glad to hear the players emphasize the line that I truly believe in in all aspects of life. Only worry about what you can control. I mean, if you're going to fret over stuff you can't control, you're just wasting energy and you're distracting yourself from the task at hand, which are the things you can't control. And they can control the outcome of three more games this football season. That's all. That was very motivating. Thank you. Are you Ben Newman? I am Ben Newman. You can tell uh, by my physique and and my hairline. And your private plane? Yeah. That you fly to K-State games on? Yeah, but my private plane is just me walking around the house with my arms up going... (laughs) I should do more of these without sleep. Is that it? Last question of this long first half. <laughs> I'm a babbling idiot. From Doug142, will either the football or basketball Wildcats see another team this year who is such a challenge in terms of raw size, speed, and explosiveness? Not unless it's a bowl game. I mean, even Oklahoma doesn't do that to K-State. They don't. That's why I think Texas is better equipped to play in the SEC than Oklahoma. Oklahoma is prone to losing at Kansas or losing to Kansas State. Um, you have to understand that the, the very elite schools in the SEC get a type of player that you just don't see very often in the Big 12. Now, look at Mississippi State and the number of defensive, interior defensive linemen like Chris Jones that they put into the league. They're just dudes. It's hard to find them. Well, not, not my dog. I mean, that's, he's not even a good guy. Plus, his name's Howard now. Um, <laughs> it, they they just get a different level of athlete, particularly out of the South, uh, that go to that conference. And, and Texas can compete with that. That's why Texas wins at Alabama, because they don't get bossed around at the point of attack. They boss people around, except, again, Texas has no focus, and they lose attention on what they're supposed to be doing, and they only play parts of games, and they keep getting themselves in trouble. That's a that's a coaching thing right there. Talent-wise, no, they're, they're elite. But coaching-wise, they're well-prepared. They put them in positions to win, but mentally there's something lacking about Texas that they need to have. And So, no, uh, Baylor's not going to do that. Kansas is not going to do that. Iowa State's not going to do that. And honestly, I don't know who they'd play in a bowl game um, that would bring that kind of level of athleticism. Because uh, what's the Pop-Tarts Bowl? Who's the other opponent in that? ACC. Yeah, that's not happening. I mean, Florida State's going to be in a bowl, bigger bowl. Clem- eh, maybe Clemson. Looking at Notre Dame, maybe. That's Ooh, the projections. That'd be fun. Duke, Notre Dame. There's some fun. There's some fun in Orlando to be had. Well, it's Orlando. We can all go to that park and buy ears. SeaWorld? Mm. Is that what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. That's it. That the uh, one? The, yeah, those killer whale ears. Mm-hmm. It's just a less popular hat than the mouse. You neglected Doug's second part of his question. What was the second part of the question? Basketball, too. What, what was it? The same, the same thing. Explosiveness. But with 
athleticism, in the big raw 12 size for, for hoops. You're going to see. Yeah, I like think that. in the Big Twelve, you could put USC in the Big Twelve, and I think they compete. Yeah, USC is a great yeah. comparison to Texas, though, with just the talent. U- USC was good. The five and stars. I want to say this. We'll get into basketball in the second half quite a bit. K State played awful in terms of shooting the basketball, the most important aspect. And they didn't defend very well. Also, probably the second most important thing. But they played encrypted, Zach. Halloween's over. The candy jar is empty. Sorry. I didn't think that was going to make a noise. Did you not see the Christmas tree up in the living <laughs> yeah, room? Exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, post-Halloween around here, it becomes Christmas. I. That's just a different level of talent at USC right now. That was really impressive. And yeah, K-State played really hard. And I know it sucks to be the team that plays hard, but those guys scrapped. Now, the only reason they were in that game was they hit the offensive boards. They did that extremely well. Could they score after they did it? No. Um, They turned it over too much. I look at that game, and as badly as K-State played in so many crucial aspects of the contest, and they were still in it to a degree. Um, Eight points with two minutes left? Yeah. I mean, they didn't have much urgency at that point. I don't feel like – I feel like they were kind of spent by then. And – USC, honestly, didn't play well either. It was a sloppy game. It was not, I was a poorly officiated game. Um, yeah, I, it was not an ugly, it was not an attractive game. It got pretty ugly. Both teams didn't play well. Both teams will get a lot better. It looked like a first game. And uh, it's a hell of a way to start the season when you play someone that good. K State doesn't typically do that. That's it for a very long first half of this questions podcast. I have no idea what I said. On the other side, we'll talk about basketball. I'll probably talk less, and I still won't know what I said. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Welcome back to the Power Cat Questions Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. <clears throat> they don't have? Do they have uh, like lozenges at the fridge? I don't think they do. I don't. I don't ever go. I rarely go to the fridge. Oh my god! You just said that on a hey uh, on a podcast. To be clear. I don't go to any other yeah. liquor store either. <laughs> In my defense, I live so close to Aggieville, I've got closer options. Oh, no, now he, he can't say that. Man. He can't say that. I my, didn't say specific. My stores. sincere apologies to Kevin and everyone at the fridge for Ryan Gilbert um, cheating on you with another liquor store. I will admonish I didn't mention him. liquor stores, did I? I'll admonish Bars. him. I will take care of this. I will make sure. That he never does this again. But ironically, uh, when he was a student, he never actually went to the library. So it's just kind of strange. The what? That, just the library, the hail. That's what I'm talking about. Never heard of it. Okay. Go to the fridge. It's the best liquor store in town. You don't need special eyeglasses or books or I can't think of any other 
uh, puns at liquor stores here in this town. The fridge has it all. And Daphne just put an explanation point on that sentence. Holy cow. Anyhow, go to the fridge. It doesn't stink like Daphne. <laughs> From Thank you. Go. First question of the second half. The- Snare Cat 3. <laughs> <laughs> Read the question. Will the poor shooting performance that happened in Vegas stay in Vegas? I think so. I mean, there's no – I mean, Tyler Perry and Arthur Kaluma have a history of being productive scores, And they were absolute trash for most of that game shooting the ball. I promised you I was going to look up the stat. I, I think – I don't know if Kaluma made his first field goal of the game. Oh, yeah. But it was close to that. Yeah. He was one of 11. He was like, oh, a six from three. And, and I admire that because as a guy who's capable of going, oh, a six for three, when you're oh, of six from three point line, you know what that means, skills? You're going to make the seventh one. Okay. That's what you're it right. means. Um, you know, and Cam Carter is, I, I need to be convinced Cam's, the shooter that they've been saying. I saw some signs in this game that is pretty pure, but toes on the line, no defender in your face. He makes the shot. Yeah. That's what I saw. So we'll see how it develops. I think the biggest thing they lacked in terms of shooting was an ability of someone to go to the rim and get the ball up on the glass and score like Marquise Noel could do. Eight blocked shots for USC in this game. And Every one of those was, I'm going to take it to the end of the lane, and whoom, out it goes. Or even Keontae, just muscling your way in there. Right. They just they need to identify some guys that can, can get that done. And maybe getting back Naquan Tomlin, if that ever happens, will help them overall athletically match up. He's an athlete that could have matched up pretty well with USC. But we talk about how good USC was athletically, and yet K-State's rebounding was exceptional. So Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But you mentioned Perry. He scored 22 points, but that's very misleading for the night he had. A lot of those came in garbage time. He was one of seven from deep in the first half when it really mattered, and he didn't get his last one to fall until the final buzzer. And so It was always six, and then he hit one at the first half buzzer. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you mentioned Carter, though. I think that if Perry and Kaluma can find ways to score – Obviously, that's less pressure on Carter. I, I really do think he's ready to be probably that third guy behind those two. But when you have Kaluma and Perry struggling so much, you know, how much uh, pressure is the opposing defense going to put on you if those two guys are hitting shots or not? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, Well, USC did a great job with their length of pressing, pushing K-State out and away. Mm-hmm. They made it extremely hard to – Pass the ball. They're in the passing lanes. They'll K State when they see lesser defense for the next couple of weeks is going to love it and thrive. I really think that. Yeah, I think they'll break out of their slump. I don't know if you can call the first game of a season a slump, but yeah, they shot poorly. But they're going to have a lot of opportunities over the next two three weeks to play a lot of teams that they are not going to shoot poorly against. And if they do, they're going to be able to rebound a lot and get a lot of second chances too. So I don't, I'm not really concerned with it. You know, you look at the scoreboard, at least in the first half, Casey was playing so bad, but they were still within striking distance of USC 
for a lot of the a lot of the it's game. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they come out in the second half and hit two back to back three pointers. Thing here we go. They they're, they're shooting some silver, which is common. Yeah. You know, if you have a horrible half, the next half come out and just wreck it. Um, but they didn't. They cooled down, and USC got really going at that point. Yeah. By the end of the game, USC was rolling, but you know, K State was in it. And they weren't playing well, but they were they were able to stick around for a little bit. So I think they correct it over the next few weeks. Um, I don't I don't see it being a concern going yeah. forward. There's hey, no panic from the yeah. coach from Tang or the two players that we talked to post game. Uh, look, K State fans, I know you're upset by the loss in the first game of the season, but at least you're uh, not the defending national champion, and your your coach is dressed as a member of Cirque du Soleil, um, <laughs> and you lose your first game of the season to. You Women, get blown out. Women's basketball powerhouse, Colorado. Oh, I thought you were talking about uh, UConn. It no. was like UConn covered last night. They, no, they I'm talking about the LSU women who got clowned. Yeah, that was. They got buffaloed. It was, stampeded. Yeah, I like that. Uh, yeah, that that Colorado basketball, women's basketball team was good, though. That wasn't a fluke. That, that team took care of business. And Kim Mulkey did. Look like a clown. What was that? She looks like you, huh? Oh my gosh! Would 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 you wear that? No. Say okay. You no. should. Why you don't get girls? Next question. What's a girl? Yeah. Exactly. From came to elevate. You were able to see. This is directed to me and you, Fitz. Yep. Get ready. Maybe you were I able read to. It. Yeah, Zach, go ahead. <laughs> You want to do it? Sure, I'll read it. Uh, came to Elevate. Uh, you were able to see this basketball team in person. How was the vibe and chemistry during timeouts and huddles? Stuff we couldn't see on TV? We couldn't see it from where we were. Honestly, oh, no. We were Bad catty question. corner from from the huddles. I mean, they were. we were on the opposite side of the court. We are at the end of the court, but, you know, we weren't, like, looking down the benches. We were looking down the fans on the other side of the court, and they were on the far end. Um. I just was uninspired by the entire body language of the team. I, but maybe that's just a function of shooting so poorly. You never feel good about how you're playing if you're not. You can look. You can defend really well, and you can play really well. You can hustle and rebound. But if you don't shoot well, you don't feel good about your game. The game is about buckets. At the end of the day, you got to score. And there's no way they could be feeling good. This is a new team. This isn't last year's team in any way. Yeah, it's it's so different. It's going to be constructed differently, but I want you folks to remember, this team last year at this point wasn't out there crushing people. As I said in the postgame talk that they struggled at Cal. Cal was trash. They struggled with LSU in the finals of the tournament they were in. LSU was trash. They almost lost to Wichita State at home. Wichita State was trash. Well, not as stinky trash as the other two, but still they weren't very good. This team didn't really find itself, find its personality, and find what it has to do as a group until Big 12 started. And they beat Texas, and then they their confidence blossomed. Do they have that in them? I, I didn't see that from this group, but I think that's a function of not having Naquan, of not having Keith Glover, who would give you... Quez. Glover. Oh, yeah, I just called him Keys. Okay. Hey, hold hold your horses on that one. That's the but next question. You, you ended up playing a lot of freshmen in this game, yeah. including having freshman guards on the court at once, two of them. And that was a disaster. So, yeah, there's there's a lot more this team could accomplish. And last year's team wasn't a finished product uh, until, you know, midway through the season. 
the goal, of course, is to win every game. But this team seemed pretty okay with losing this game, playing it on the first game of you know opening out of college basketball. It was an opportunity for them to learn a lot about themselves, get some stuff on tape, what went wrong. And you don't get that when you're playing Arkansas Pine Bluff or whatever in your first game of the year. And so um, just with the overall vibes, I'm probably more optimistic than you, Fitz. Just, you know, the times I did kind of look over at the huddle and stuff. You know, you look back to when K-State was down 18 points or whatever in the second half. You look at Yurik, one of the assistants, yelling, screaming from across the court for you know these players to do certain things they weren't giving up they never lost hope obviously it was a lost cause you know pretty early on in the second half but they still kept fighting despite how maybe sloppy it was Jerome Tang mentioned how the execution clearly wasn't there but he was satisfied with his team's effort so I think the spirits are high not that they were wanting to lose by any means but I kind of got the vibe that they just were thinking hey if we win great but let's learn about how we can play without Glover and Tom and we'll get to that here in the next question but it seemed like just a learning opportunity for this team and they seem to be okay with that I could be wrong but they weren't really too upset after the loss no no I think they know just one of those nights some nights you don't shoot the ball well next question is from CW Power Cat <laughs> he's taking over what are the realistic expectations for this season after seeing the USC game and hearing about the Glover and Tomlin news Glover will be back month, two months max. Well, our friend Derek from another website noticed that he jogged with the team onto the court. Yeah. So he'll be fine. Yeah. I'm like, this. that's six to eight weeks. I think of six to eight weeks like you're immobilized at first. And he's out there jogging out on the court. He didn't no, look. He didn't run. He had a little gimp to him, but he still jogged on it. I think him and Aaron, him and Aaron Rodgers had the same doctor or something. I don't know, man. It, <laughs> as D.Y. said, you know, uh, that can't be good. You know, you, you probably shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, very interesting to see him do that. But, it, yeah, they'll get better. They'll get, get more pieces. Honestly, folks, I don't know if Tomlin rejoins his team. I don't know if there's room in that for the in the future for all the stuff that we're kind of – hearing and uh but we'll find out if he comes back uh, hopefully he's a good citizen in every way and a good basketball player and they'll get much better with him he that dude can play and he's a disruptor i mean when you got a guy that's 610 that can jump that way and put it on the floor and get to the hole how much would it help this team's oh, yeah. confidence a guy that could actually match the length of usc gets into the lane and dunks it on someone that might've changed the entire game. Almost like blocking a punt, yep. your whole attitude, the whole team's lifted. So Zach, you see the empty candy bowl, right? Your expectations are probably gone from now until next October that there's going to be candy in that thing. Right. If you, if you see some, it's a pleasant surprise, right? No, I, I'm, I'm fully expecting candy next okay. week. That's, well, that's not what you're supposed yeah. to say for the exercise. That's how Naquan I, oh, Thomas. Oh, I ruined your I ruined, you ruined your surprise. It. You ruined it. Uh, well, we're going to talk about candy. I like candy. I love candy. Fitz loves being an M&M to learn that. Well, I, it was all I had to eat until the guys came over today. That It was all I had to eat for almost a 24-hour period. Oh, crazy. You're like me now. Welcome to the dark side. Yeah. But – the candy, sorry, that yeah. was a really bad. We got lost in that one. That bad, was. So. I, I'm, Wait, we totally got lost. I'm in Cole's honor doing you know one of these analogies, but well, don't expect the candy. Right. But if it comes back, 
then you're okay. We'll take it. But this is gonna be like caramels don't from the 18th century. <laughs> Does the French have War. candy? Speaking of which, I got caramels coming. Where are they? Mm. Thanks for that analogy, Cole. Oh, Gills. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 You should look at it. Glass is not only half empty, it's empty. Or, excuse me, it's not half full. It's not even full. This is horrible. So, Can we move on to the next question? Because <laughs> this, thing, this thing's horrible. Fitz, I think this one's directed to you from Jerome Yang. Did the Big 12 botch the football schedule matrix? Thanks for the nice, juicy softball pitch down the heart of the plate. Um, yeah. Yeah, they did. And we all look at it as, we're ending Farmageddon, which pisses me off. And I do buy into, and uh, Zach remind me of this, and everyone listening, both of you, uh, remind me of this. Uh, I want to do why K-State and Iowa State should schedule a non-conference game in 27 to keep it alive. But you're or you or K-Ned. Got to get rid of Colorado first, too. Well, I, I don't imagine they can play right. that series. Right. I mean, I come on. They will. I, I mean, but ironically, then you play someone else in yeah. the conference. But anyhow, um, I, I don't understand how this conference can recognize the fact that you have had West Virginia on an island for the first, what, 10 years of their existence in this conference, and you finally add someone in their neighborhood in Cincinnati, and they don't play every year. How does that make any sense? Well, they're not really rivals. They only played 10 times. I don't care. They're in the East, Upper East Coast area, and so is Cincinnati. Play them every year. Fans can go to the games. Can you imagine if the Big 12 added Iowa State and the rest of the Big 12 was, well, let's say the Pac-12. Say K-State joined the Pac-12. And then they add Iowa State, and you don't play every year. How does that make sense? It doesn't make sense. The, it, and what I come back to is in that very quote from the conference about what they tried to do with the scheduling outlines what they failed to do. They didn't keep regional games. They didn't cut down on travel. It was crazy what they did. You can be against pods. I'm fine. You you know, I, I don't think the pods worked as well by adding five Western teams and three Eastern teams, not adding one more Eastern team. I get that. It gets a little awkward to move Houston or Iowa State or someone to the East. But you can pick three opponents that you play every year for every team, and it rotates through. It doesn't – it's not all, you know, four teams are playing each other. You know, maybe maybe Colorado plays two Western teams and then K State, and you know, I, I don't know. But you can you can make this work. This doesn't work, and the fact that there's not been pushback from the ads on this because they co-signed it, guys, you screwed up. Just redo it. Admit you're wrong and redo it, because it's bad. You have sown dissension in a conference that was unified. West Virginia fans are pissed, and they should be. They sh- they should be pissed about this scheduling. It doesn't make any sense. Not, this just doesn't make sense what they did. Now, the, the fact that four of the Western teams go to UCF in one season, I know that's four different teams traveling. It just is weird. Yeah. 
wouldn't UCF like to have Houston or Cincinnati or even West Virginia come in? I mean, two of them are in their conference. One of them's in the time zone. You totally ignored time zones. You got teams flying all over the country when it has to happen, but it can happen in organized, structured ways. If you do do the pods, you know how many times, if you're Arizona, how many times you go east? No more than once a year. How many times do you go west if you're an east coast school? No more than once a year. How many times do you get to play Texas schools? Let's say the Texas schools were a pod, which is kind of hard to do. But you know what everyone else in this conference would do outside of Texas? They would have one game in Texas and one Texas team on their home field. But not this. This is kind of willy-nilly. I, I, the other thing that bothers me is in the old Big 12, when they started this conference with two divisions, you played three teams from the other division in a two-year window, and then it flipped to the other three teams. So, like Will Howard at quarterback, his junior and senior seasons, he'd be playing Texas home, Texas away. Now you play, they have him playing like maybe BYU comes in this season, and in three years you'll go to BYU. What? Just They, They could have done divisions just like that, and that makes the scheduling easy. They could have made pods. Essentially, over the next four years, every team will play 18 home games and 18 away games. There are 16 teams, excuse me, there are 15 other teams than yourself. So that's, that accounts for 30 games, 15 home games, 15 away games. And then there's six games, which could have been your pods. Right. Like, it's just the math was there the whole time for them to rotate through. The only thing that I can think of, the only argument that I can think of for this current schedule matrix and wanting to not, you know, wanting to reduce travel for teams. The only thing I can think of is they look at the Iowa State or the Houston and saying, we don't want to screw you guys by putting you in a pod where you're going east. Right. Because, I mean. But if you're Houston, now granted, you probably do want to reestablish those games with those Texas schools. Mm-hmm. But you will play two of them. It, well, if Oklahoma State's then in that three teams of Texas pod, you'll play two of them. You know, I don't understand why in a four-year period you play a team three times. I don't get that. If you have three set opponents, you will play them four times in four years, and literally everyone else in the conference you'll play a home and away in those four years. It's so easy. It it makes <laughs> it offers balance. It offers sense. It offers something that you can make sense out of. The other upside of pods is you kind of create little mini divisions. You could almost have a Texas trophy, a Big A trophy, a, a Western trophy. You know, right? Whoever wins their pot, even if it's not an actual structure, there's no that doesn't show up in standings. You could still have that. I, I don't know, man. I could go on forever about how the Big Twelve screwed this up. They they screwed this yeah. up. What was the point of you, getting to sixteen? Why not go to fifteen or seventeen? Because sixteen made sense to have an organized structure. That's exactly right. Sixteen yeah. is the perfect. It's the perfect number to schedule football with, and you fit it up. Do you want my hot take now? Yeah, please. Uh, if I was K-State, the pod of other three teams I would choose would be KU, Oklahoma State, and Colorado. Yeah, I kind of agree. Uh, after all of what I just said, that 
it makes a lot of sense. I would rather play Colorado than Iowa State every year. But, see, if you did that, at least it would make sense instead of playing three years, but not the fourth year. It doesn't make right. sense. People don't understand that. Okay, hold on. We're going to play Iowa State in 24, 25, and 26, but not 27. But we are going to get that third series in with Cincinnati, which is such a rivalry and regional. What? So Cincinnati is not playing West Virginia four years, but they're going to get K-State in three years. Okay. Silly. I mean, the next Ask the AD needs to be exclusively Gene Taylor explaining the Big 12 schedule matrix, how K-State fits into it, how he likes it, and how he understands why the fans might not like it. Because it just... It doesn't make any sense. As I give just it. flip, do do what the Big Twelve did for fourteen seasons or whatever yeah. it was. Okay. You have a north and a south. I get that north south doesn't work. You have an east and a west. You well, got the, I, you got the five Mountain Time Zone schools, and then you can pick. You know, I don't want divisions. Whatever I want, I want to play regional teams every year and everyone else twice in a four year period. It look is that I the theme of this podcast is apparently giving shout outs to other hosts of podcasts. Scott, you're in charge of that question for ACAD. Make sense of this schedule. How in the hell is Kansas State playing Cincinnati three out of four seasons and not Iowa State every season? I'm so worked up. Another thing we mentioned this. I'm never going to get to sleep. We talked about this last (laughs) week before. this was well after we recorded the podcast, but it was like six days ago or whatever it was when they released this. But K-State is in this unique position. There's only four protected rivalries in the conference now. This K-State crazy. KU is one. When you look at all the other teams, if they were to pick their first protected rival, who would they choose? Okay, folks, I want you to set aside all the previous conferences. Look at the 16 schools in this conference to understand what Zach's saying because this is really wild. KU, who is their first choice? K-State. Iowa State. K-State. Oklahoma State. Maybe K-State. It might be Tech or someone else. TCU. TCU, but probably K-State. Colorado. K-State. Or Utah. But that. Probably not Utah. For all we heard about, well, you can't manufacture a rivalry. That's what they did with Colorado Colorado, Utah. Just like Nebraska and Iowa. Is that really a rivalry? But no, you play it because it's an e- your fans can go back and forth. Right. You screwed West Virginia fans so badly by not letting them play Cincinnati every season. I can't even fathom what the AD or president or whoever was sitting in on those meetings from West Virginia was doing. They should have thrown a holy hell fit over that. Yeah. We have sat on an island for 10 years, traveling everywhere, and our fans can't easily go to road games. We finally get a school that our fans can drive to easily in a day, and you don't let us play them every year. Huh? But yeah, there's four schools, most likely, that would pick K-State as their first rival. It's crazy. It's crazy. It really is. And But what's interesting about that, look at the map. It's like a, you know, they're all spoke they're all close, spoke yeah. around K State. Yeah. K State's at the center of all that. I think what we're saying is, if 
You add Carney State to the Big 12 that want to play K-State every year. I think K-State's the popular kid at the lunch table that everybody wants to sit at, sit at now. Yeah. Who doesn't like purple? By the way, the lavender in the stands in Las Vegas looked amazing. While I'm talking about things... Because K-State it's a basketball food. color, and that's where it deserves Whatever. to be, Fitz. Not yeah, on a football it's, field. It's, it's so feminine. And all the guys <laughs> sitting in the stands rocking it. I, I, but I do want to make the serious yeah. point. Purple's a great color, and we all love purple. But you put it in a, a football stadium or arena, and it kind of just you know blends into everything else. Lavender pops. I think K-State basketball should have lavender out. They do. <laughs> they had. They did la- uh, it was when they did the jackets. Um, the first pullover I really need to make it a thing. I was shocked at how many people had lavender on though. It's that popular. It's that popular, but you could really see the K state fans and keep in mind there was LSU women's fans, quite a few there and wearing purple own lavender. Nobody else claims lavender as a significant color for their university. No pro team does either own lavender. It's not a school color. Neither is silver. Sorry, but now it is. Silver. Sorry, you don't know lavender. No, I know it's crazy. Whether you like it or not, we're it is. We're, we're good. We're done. This was a long podcast, mostly because Gills wouldn't shut up. It's always my fault. I know, I know. And I'd like to thank Daphne, aka Wilma, for her contributions to this podcast. It was significant and smelly, and we're done. Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. You ready for this? Yeah. If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If ready PG. It only takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with a pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus.